This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 103.7 WEEI, Southern New England Sports Original. Welcome back to Cordishi and Coit on WEEI. The phone lines are full. Let's go right. Well, before we go back to it, let's just bring Bob Kraft into it. We, we, we touched on Belichick. Okay. We talked about Mac. Now let's play the blame game with Bob Kraft. Okay. How much blame does the Patriots owner deserve in this? Um, you know, I, I think people are, you know, question is Bob Kraft cheap? Does he not spend? I think that's a fair criticism. When you look at their cash sure. spending, they're among the lowest teams in the National Football League, between 29 and 32, it seems like, on most given years. Now, Bob Kraft has come out and said, anything that Bill's ever asked for, I've never said no to. Uh, kind of defending himself. But the fact is, the numbers are the numbers. In actual cash spending, they are among the lowest teams in the National Football League. Yeah, I, I think the spending thing is fair. And the, the criticism, the biggest one that I've had with, with Kraft, Scott, is you know just the way that the end of the Brady time here was, was handled. I, I think right now should be... Did he step in when it came to Jimmy G and, and force Belichick's hand? That's that's what the reports say. Do, you, do we believe that? I, I think there probably was some politics there, yeah, because he was in the Brady side. Okay, then he deserves even more blame because that's what I think. if Bill wanted to move on to Jimmy G, he didn't allow him to do that. Kraft pulled the power play and said, nope, you're trading Jimmy, we're keeping Tom. But then he didn't see it through. That's the problem. Like, like he, he tried to play to both parties. Yeah. And... This right now, this right now in here and now, if we're judging by how long Brady played after he left here, this right now should be year 1AB after Brady. Yeah. And it's not. And I put uh, I put that on Kraft because he did not the massage the relationship enough or, you know, or bring both parties together, both sides, whatever, to get a contract extension done and make sure that this coach-quarterback combination – you know, lasted until the end of Brady's career. He never should have put on another new uniform, and I, I do put some of that on Kraft. And then there's this, and I know I've told you this story before, but um, so this was a couple of years before Brady actually left. Yep. So as the story goes, and this comes from a, a, a good friend of mine who is, knows somebody who was, cl- was close friends with Tom yep. at the Country Club in Brookline. Mm-hmm. And as the story goes – Brady, throughout his career, as we know, gave the team, you know, uh, discounts so they yep. could, you know, sign other guys, right? Okay, always gave them team-friendly deals. Supposedly, the Crafts promised, um, don't worry, we will take care of you on your last contract. Yep. 
So Brady, I think it was in 2017, if my memory serves me right, went to the Crafts and said, look, I, I, I want to play to him 45. My contract end, ends after 2019. I, I just want to sign for three years, $25 million a year. Boom. Yeah. And at that point, allegedly, the Crafts said to him, Bob Kraft said, I think at this point, Tom, we need to take it year to year. And that pissed off Tom. It pissed off Giselle at the time because yeah. she was with him. And that's when Brady went to Kraft's house and said, um, I, I, I want you to amend my contract and let me go when I'm a free agent, uh, that you can't franchise me. And Kraft, out of respect, did that for him and said, we will not tag you after 2019. Yeah. So if all this is true, again, I, I, I think Kraft deserves a lot of the blame here. Number one. Yeah. Um, if you promised Brady that contract and pay him market value and you're going to take care of him in the last contract and you didn't, shame on you. Yep. And number two, you didn't have to promise him that you wouldn't franchise him, but you did. That was a mistake too. The guy went and won a Super Bowl the next year when you could have had him under contract here. So to me, Bob Kraft deserves some blame in what's going on here too. Absolutely. And if the timing is right there, Scott, about – he went to him around like 2017-ish to try to get that last contract. First of all, $25 million a year for a quarterback at this point in time is a bargain. I know. It's a Much bargain. less the greatest of all time. Holy cow, that's a bargain. Yep. But, you know, the second thing is, if it's around 2017, that was around the time that the Patriots made it to Super Bowl 52. Okay, fine. They lost to the Eagles. Brady threw for 500 freaking yards in that game. Mm. How do you not look at that and say, just give him the con? And again, I always go back to this. You know, you look at contracts and whatever, and sometimes you pay a guy and you don't get the money value at the end of a contract or whatever. Would anybody in New England have blamed Kraft or Belichick if they signed Brady to say when he's 40, five years and $25 million a year, and maybe the last year or two, maybe he does decline. You can, with Alzheimer's, you can keep them until they decline and nobody's going to blame you. Exactly. Who cares? That's right. What if you get another Super Bowl out of it? That's right. You know, on the front end of the deal. But even if you don't, because of the greatness you got for 20 years, if he declines in those last two or three years and it's not worth it, it doesn't matter. You get yeah. a pass from the fans. So he declines at, say, 43, and the last two years are bad. Again, everybody around here is going to say, well, we get it. It's Brady. We get it. And, by the way, it's not our money. Yep. So, like, <laughs> But, like, we, we get why you did that. So I just that, – that, to me, is, like, that's the baffling part, too. Nobody would blame them to give co- Tom Brady – a contract extension to get to the end of his career. So I think Bob Kraft deserves a lot of blame for what's going on right now. And I think for some reason he skates, unlike John Henry, right? John Henry's getting killed right now because of their approach to not spending money like they used to on the Red Sox payroll. And yet Bob Kraft seems to skate here, and I don't think he should. I agree. I I think he needs to have more criticism. Um, I think Henry... I don't know. I think there's just been more high-profile moves that have just, like... I think it's been... It's gradually built up over time, I think, with Kraft. With Henry, I think there were just obvious, like, places that we pointed to with some of the moves and the spending and all that jazz. Like, trading away Mookie Betts and letting the Dodgers pay him, I think, was the first start of it. And you're like, what are they doing here? You know, it was just... I think it was so obvious with Henry how they changed their business philosophy. I think that's why people get so upset about it. You know what doesn't help, too, with Kraft to me? It's it's 
almost the veiled shots he takes at Belichick. Like, Kraft doesn't want to take any of the blame here. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I've, I've, uh, I've never said no to Bill when he's wanted to spend, right? That's like saying, okay, it's all on Bill. It's not on me. Yeah. I'll spend if he wants me to spend. Or when he comes out, our expectation is to be a playoff and win a playoff game. You know, that stuff doesn't help. Yep. I think what would help is, A, you, Bob Kraft, owning some of what's going on right now and saying, I've been a part of this failure, and, oh, by the way, here's what I'm going to do to try to make things better moving forward. Yeah. And instead, it's more, to me, it's more mildly veiled shots at Bill Belichick is what it is. I think if things continue to trend the way that they're trending, Scott, I think you're probably going to get that from Kraft because he may have to make a move here at the head coaching and general manager positions. So I think you're going to get some of that. You know, and I, I, I think ultimately what's going to happen, if, if the Patriots continue down this course this year, I think he's going to tell Bill, all right, Bill, we, we need to take the personnel responsibilities away from you. Uh, you can remain on as head coach, and I think that could be enough for Bill to say, no, I think so too. I'm out of here. If yeah. I'm not in control of the whole football operation like I've been for the past 20-something years, I'm out. I think so too. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. But here's what I would also say. You know, it's not just taking the personnel the, the, uh, responsibilities away from Bill. You need to look at the whole personnel a staff, you know, yeah. scouts, uh, that includes Grow. I mean, everybody that's shopping for the groceries. It's not just Bill. Yeah, it's the whole personnel department. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. But that's the thing: if you make that change, I think you're probably going to make widespread change. I think there's going to be a lot of new faces and whatnot, new philosophies. You know, I think that's just natural. With and change. the other thing is too, if you make that change, yeah. Don't most GMs want to have hire their own coach? Like, that's, oh yeah, that's what I'm we're talking about with the Red Sox, Absolutely. right? You know why do people turn down the Red Sox? Because yeah. they don't want to inherit Alex Cora. Yeah. They don't want to inherit the other people in the personnel department. They want to hire their own people. Right. Right. I mean, funny thing with the Red Sox, I I think Alex Cora is a good manager, uh, and I, I do think, too. I think you could you could inherit a lot worse. I do too. But it, the point is, you want to be able to have that process work with your own person. Right. I totally get that part of it. All right, let's go back to the calls, 401-777-1037. Matt is in Warwick. Good morning, Matt. You're next on Critici and Coit on WEEI. Oh, how are you doing, guys? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, Matt, what's you, up? Matt. Okay, cool. Um, I don't want to revise history, but I do think, obviously, as you guys are talking about, it's very fair to uh, change the percentages on, you know, what happened during the dynasty. And, 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 and more than that, just say that he, Belichick is giving away a lot of chips at the table. Um, on his legacy since Tom left. I mean, the teams, as as they're put together, and obviously him being the GM, so having full responsibility for that, have been abysmal. And going into this year, um, you know, probably their worst uh, team as far as their roster has been built. Um, I think that's also really fair to say. Um, Now, Nick, my question is for you, since you have the press credentials and you've been at a lot of practices um, and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the report that came out about Mac at practice, freelancing, doing this, that, and the other thing, and some of the defensive guys going, like, what the hell are you doing, blah, blah, blah. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm remembering Bill O'Brien and Tom Brady almost fighting on the sideline. You know, the, the team going as they were, and then going, you know, after the Dallas game, I believe this was before the New Orleans game, seeing a quarterback, 
you sending in a play and him doing his own thing would probably make him, you know, Bill O'Brien explode and Belichick basically, you know, pull Mac off yeah. the field. Is that report? Do you, have you ever seen anything like that in a practice? And no. Do you, do you think no. that report is, is accurate? I mean, I, it's that's – I don't know if I would go that far, Matt. Um, I, I just don't I, – I don't know if I totally believe that. Um, you know, because I, th- I do think uh, Mac as a quarterback probably has some autonomy. Like he can go to the line, make a call, whatever. We were talking about it earlier with like some of those third and three plays. I wonder who's making that call. And I think you – you give your quarterback the freedom to do that if he's running the offense. Like I think that's I think that's a fair thing to do, um, but like the freelancing in practice. I mean, we don't see enough of practice. I mean, we have a media portion and then you know stretching and whatnot, and then we go because during the season it's all about right. game planning, and Bill doesn't want us to see that. Um, but freelance, I don't know. I I don't think. I think. You know the, the frust- report I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, right? yeah, From yeah. Athletic or something. Yeah, yeah, I think the frustration I think would probably lie more in the fact that if if the defense is getting frustrated, I don't think it's because Max freelancing. I think it's because Max turning the ball over, and he's probably getting. They have to go on the field so much the last couple of weeks that it's like that. That's probably the frustrating part. But I I don't know. I don't totally. Well, that that's tough well, to to believe. I I find that tough to believe a little bit too. But I, I mean, yeah. based on the game in Dallas. He made a lot of mistakes. I mean, he, he did. Twice. Obviously, got picked off. The other one should have been picked off. Um, you go into a full practice week, and then just more terrible play against New Orleans. You know, my my thing is this: like, I, he doesn't deserve to, to start as an NFL quarterback. There's some disconnect, whether it's mental or physical, and I get it. The offensive line is terrible. It's a sieve. I get it. You know the. Um, the weapons are below average, blah, blah, blah. They can't run the ball. But at a certain point in time, and, and, and Bill Zappi is no better. So this, this again goes back to, I think, why they're fishing for some sort of quarterback, right? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, all right, and, and Matt, we got we got to run because we have other callers on the line, but thanks for the phone call. Look, they haven't set themselves up with, in great position with a quarterback position either. You know, you, no. they, they obviously showed you what they thought of Bailey Zappi by cutting him in the preseason and bringing him back. Right. Uh, he has regressed. I mean, we've seen him on the field this year. He looks nothing like the guy that came in and replaced Mack when Mack got injured last year. Yeah. And it, 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 so they've got nothing at the position. So it's easy to say switch from Mack, but to what? To what? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think if, if Bailey had a better camp and Bailey had pushed Mack in camp – I think it would probably be a much easier decision for them right now to say, yeah, we should probably take a look at Bailey Zappi. But he didn't have a great camp. I don't think he adapted to this new offense and system under Bill O'Brien well. And I think you're seeing that with the decision now. So I think Bedard reported that if it doesn't go well for Mac this week, that the Patriots could move on to Greer, Will Greer, the third-string quarterback. Yeah. There's also been reports that, uh, what's his name, the kid out of uh, Louisville, Malik Cunningham, could get some snaps well, he's as part of the week. game plan, right? Is is what right. what was said. Right. Um, yeah, the, just to to wrap up the point with Matt there about the report about freelancing, I just it's tough for me to believe that Mac Jones is a bad teammate because everything that I hear from his teammates say that he's a good teammate. I, I would agree, but I I, yeah. I think what's happening now in that locker room is I think they're lacking confidence in the guy, and that's yeah, a yeah, dangerous absolutely. thing. You need to have confidence in but, your quarterback. But saying that he's freelancing in practice, like I, I don't think that – I just that's tough for me to believe, seeing the amount of practice in training camp that I've seen. And look, when when, when teams go bad, this is what happens. Yeah, Stories yeah, yeah, like yeah. this start to come right. out. Whether they are right. true or untrue, Correct. this is what happens with bad teams. Correct.
Let's say hello to Dave in Stonington. Good morning, Dave. You're next on Cordishy and Coit on WEEI. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call, and I promise I will not talk about the Seahawks like I did last week. <laughs> Thanks, um, <Dave. laughs> I heard you guys after I got off the phone. I know, like, I know. I didn't talk too much about them. Sorry yeah, about that. That's okay. But um, I, I'd like to uh, talk about Mac. Um, okay. There are two things. Um, yep. The first question is to you guys, um, other than Joe Namath, what great Alabama quarterback have you ever seen? Now, Alabama has never been a hotbed for quarterbacks. Now, obviously, you look at the way two is playing in Miami, so you could say, okay, maybe two is going to be the exception to the rule. But your point is well taken. Alabama's never been a program that has produced great NFL quarterbacks for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's like you look at programs. It's like, like your program, Scott, Syracuse. Great running backs. You know, it's yep. like all great these punters, big baby. Programs. Great punters and, and kickers, yeah, <laughs> and, and big punters. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to talk about the difference now. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking this, okay? But we know. All right, I'm going to say that uh, Kraft. Um, he he likes to pinch pennies. We we know this, okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, there's you know a lot of owners like that. Uh, what I look at with uh, Mac Jones. If you go back to the draft, 2021, uh, couldn't they have traded their draft pick, uh, made a trade with Jacksonville and gotten Lawrence? Nope. No. Nope. Jacksonville was taking Lawrence. No chance. No chance. No chance for that, even though Max said a Jacksonville kid and, you know. Yeah, they weren't going to do it. The the thing, when I see those two guys, you know, and they were comparing them in the first year and how Mac Jones was actually playing better than Lawrence – if you take a look at those two guys now, okay, and you see Lawrence make a mistake on the field, he doesn't sulk like Mac does. Sure. Mac sulks every time he makes a mistake. Fair. Because he knows he's going to hear about it from the – and, you know, he hears those boos. <laughs> Don't think he doesn't. Well, but uh, Lawrence, inter- when he makes a mistake on the field, he, he keeps his head up. Well, and Dave, and it's says, interesting. I'm going to go and get him next time. It's interesting that you bring up Lawrence because, again, the situation thing, okay? Look at what Trevor Lawrence came into in the league, a bad situation. And good for him for overcoming it, you know, but I think he's looked a lot better now that he's in a much better situation in Jacksonville because Urban Meyer was a disaster. That was a disastrous situation. It could have gone the other direction. And I think Lawrence's talent, I think, has obviously shined through and gotten him through. Um, but now that you put him in a better situation, better guys around him, better weapons, all that jazz, look at what he's doing. Yeah. That's why a situation is so important for the young quarterbacks. And, and here's here's another thing, too, when we start talking about the blame game. If you yep. go back to that draft when the Patriots took Mac Jones at uh, 15, there was a report that um, that Bob Kraft was the one that called the shot on that pick, that maybe Belichick didn't want Mac, but Kraft said, yeah. no, we are taking Mac Jones here. Right. Whereas, uh, I, I agree with you. There's no way, as Dave suggested, they could trade up to get Lawrence. But no you know way. a guy that they could have had? They could have traded up a couple spots. And the guy that I actually thought they would draft and would fall to them, he did Fields. No, it was Parsons. Oh, yeah. You I know. know. Like, I, I thought that that was the I'm like, oh. Belichick's going to take this guy, Michael Parsons. Oh, I mean, it would have been a damn good pick. I know. He is really good. He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's say hello to Brian in Middletown. Uh, Brian, you're next on Cordishi and Coit and WEEI. Yeah, good morning, guys. I was just um, going back to the Belichick and Brady thing. 
Don't you think it was like the perfect storm with the quality of quarterbacks they played against in their own division where they didn't have for years? You couldn't even name any of those quarterbacks that played against Brady and um, kind of made it easy for them to make it to the playoffs every year. It was like six automatic wins without even trying, you know? So I would say yes, uh, definitely. There, there is a reason they dominated the division for so long because the, not only were the Patriots great, but the division absolutely was stunk. Bad. Now, with that said, they were still beating the best teams in the league. Like yeah. They were beating Peyton Manning and the Colts, and they were, they were beating Pittsburgh and the other top teams. So even though their division foes were down, they still were beating the elite teams in the NFL because they were at the top of that list. Yeah. That, that's correct. I mean, they, they did, you know, beat the other big teams, the other good teams, but how much pressure do you think they had on them playing against those teams? I mean, you know you already had – you're already in the playoffs. I mean, every year it's almost like a guarantee. So there was really no pressure on them to, uh, you know, against their own competition. I know they lost some games against Miami. I remember when they ran the ball for the whole, the whole game almost against Miami and they lost that game that cost them a position in the – in the playoffs, yeah. Um, I mean, but I just think it was like a perfect storm for them to uh, succeed. And it this, definitely there was helped. One other thing I wanted to. Uh, I'm sorry. There was no, one other ahead. thing I wanted to bring up was um, the Thursday night games. I know everybody complains about the, the quality of the games, but why can't they make it so that they don't play the Sunday before, and then they play that Thursday? Then they have the following Sunday off, and then they don't play till the following, you know, the next Sunday where they. Well, I mean, because you had a fresher team. There's only one buy. You only get one buy, right? Yeah. You don't get two buys. Right. That's that's two buys. No, no. What I'm saying is, you you don't play the Sunday before the Thursday game. Yeah. And then you have that. Third, obviously, you don't have to play that the next Sunday because you're not playing Sunday. And then you have you, you have a whole week plus to play till the following Sunday. So it's almost like so. You in know, other words, break. Yeah. So you're calling teams should get their bye week before they play on Four. Thursday night is what you're saying. Hmm. I got gotcha. you. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, I know the quality is. Horrible, but to play on Sunday, I remember players saying, you know, by the time Thursday comes, we're not even, you know, fixed up for to play oh, they hate the Thursday it. night. Some, yeah, yeah, they and then, they, you know, when you hear they, oh, they, they, uh, they're they trying to help the players not get injured. I mean, if, if you're already beaten up and you got to go Thursday night, you're going to go again and you're going to go, you, you could get injured, you know, easily, a lot more easily than if you had a week off, then you play on Thursday, then you don't play till the following Sunday. Yep. You know, yeah. I think. I don't know why they can't do that. I yeah, I I just don't love the Thursday night game. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. I I can go without it. I, I really can't. Yeah, but I think it's, it's I en- I enjoy it because it's another you know another, it's another day it's of football a good game. I mean, obviously. sure. Who doesn't yeah. want more football? It is football I get it, right. Brian. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, but um, the other thing is now they're talking about um, making it like uh, they pick the Thursday night game, but they can switch it. I mean, oh, that's the flex be, they shouldn't they do. Can't, they can't flex Thursday night. I, I don't. Can they, they might, actually, Okay, Scott. all right. Yeah. So I didn't realize that. I, I hate so, that. All right, Brian, we got to run. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up. You're listening to Cordishi and Coit on WEEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.